Because that's my my mom's ringtone for me, and it was just funny. Did you set that up for yourself? I did set it up for her because I just thought it was funny. Hi, do you, the Final Cut podcast. Do you remember what that was from? Um, no. Um, what was oh Claire's Ghost? Was it in Claire's Ghost? Yeah. Oh, Claire's Ghost was good. Not a lot of people are probably gonna see it, ever. It made me feel good inside. <laughs> It made you feel good inside. Yeah. How? How not? It was a happy. I don't even know why they had it play like Cinepocalypse other than like it was a ghost. Like and there very wasn't briefly. Even a ghost. Was there? Well remember they were outside. She was like running around naked, the mom. Well she was not not the mom, but like there there was images of like kinda of like a ghost figure. No, I don't think there was. Outside the window for like two minutes. Because I believe the place All was really haunted. All I remember was Haley Joel Osment dancing with the mom. Because <laughs> all he did was get drunk when in the basement. When I was a child, I had the biggest crush on him from The Sixth Sense. And he's so... I see dead he, people. He grew outward Is that the right and movie? not taller. Is The Sixth Sorry, Sense where he rude. goes, I see dead people. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. Really? You didn't know? <laughs> so it, that movie's been like since 1999 or something. You're telling me you've never watched it since I've it came out I've seen it, again. but I haven't watched it since it came out again. <laughs> so anyways, we're the Final Cut Podcast. I'm Grubby. I'm Stacy. <laughs> it's now November, so you can put all your witch's hats and... Spider brews away. It's Christmas time. Oh, no. No, not really. Thanksgiving. 800 pounds of mashed potatoes and noodles. There's really no Thanksgiving movies if you think about it. Um, yes. Thanksgiving? Yes. That's it? Yes. And then the after, uh, Into the Dark Hulu series, they have uh, that Pilgrim No, movie. I'm sure there are movies where it just happens to be Thanksgiving time. Maybe. We'll have to look into that. Okay. But you know what's coming out on Thanksgiving? I don't... The Knives Out. Knives Out. Knives Out. It's not not really a Thanksgiving movie, but it's fun for the whole family. And we finally (laughs) figured out that it is PG-13. No, I said that already. I told you Well, it was 100% confirmed last night that it's PG... It was 100% confirmed with me when I said it was. But we saw Terminator Dark Fate last night. And we also watched Haunt... Is it Haunt or The Haunt? It's just Haunt. Mm. And it's from the writers of A Quiet Place. And it's produced by Eli Roth. Which they, I think they just stuck his name on there just to get people to watch it. I don't know his last, like, I mean, some of his stuff he's been doing hasn't been good. Like like that clown movie that should have been really fucking scary was pretty lackluster. You mean the one where, you mean the guy that put on the clown suit and he eats kids? Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. And it had potential. Uh, Green Inferno. A complete ripoff. Of Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. No, of Cannibal Ferox. Literally 100%, even at the end with the student who was trying to say, like, none of it happened. That is, like, play-on-play, scene-on-scene of what it fucking is. I mean, Eli Roth is, like, his biggest movie was Cabin Fever. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much it. Everything else he's done is pretty lackluster. Like, it's been overrated. He Did you ever watch that Aftershock movie? No. About the big earthquake? No. Uh, not good. At all. But we did ter- We watched Terminator Dark Fate. We did the episodes of Creepshow 4, five and, up, four yeah. 5, and 6. And then we watched Haunt from the writers of Quiet Place. <laughs> Is that all we did? Yes. But well, we, we saw Doctor Sleep on Wednesday. Right, but we are going to do that next weekend so that we do not spoil it for anybody... Well, for everybody who hasn't seen it yet, because nobody has seen it yet. Well, I mean, if you went to the early screening, it's not like it was special. Right. 
were just special because we wanted to go see it. It was my anniversary present to her. Was it? Sort of. No, you got me a shirt. That too. I got her a Year of the Knife shirt with... The Scream uh, one. With a... Uh, what's his name? Ghostface. Yeah, with Ghostface on it. Wow, you are just a failure life. Not the first time I've been told that. <laughs> so, give me some news. Some box office news. Some news news. My, we posted a few trailers this week. My favorite news... It's not really, like, horror-based, but it's still pretty sick, and I think people should know about it. I just told you this in the car on the way to get a burrito. Mm -hmm. Godzilla attraction in Japan will feature a full-scale version of the monster. That's insane. And, of so, course... So, like, when are you taking me to Japan, um, bitch? When we make enough money off this podcast. Oh, so never. <laughs> <laughs> But it's supposed to be 20 meters high, 25 meters wide, and 55 meters long. That's crazy. And it looks like they already have a picture of it in development. like Kind of like uh, like an art picture. See that? Mm -hmm. Look at how sick that is. Japan does everything sick. Mm -hmm. So when it's fully completed, we should go. Okay. I also really want to go to Disney World in Japan. They have the Nintendo World. Oh, they do? Fuck yeah, they have Mario Kart. I know Orlando's supposed to be getting it, too, at Universal. Yeah, when? Highly doubt it. Like 2022. That's too long. I know. Glenn Danzig's Veronica is no longer coming to VOD platform this year. So it's just not going anywhere, right? It's supposed to be out next year, but it wasn't good. It was the opening night film at Cinepocalypse. People laughed at it. <laughs> Clem Danzig got mad about that. He made us wait 45 minutes until the room was full. <laughs> like, how much of a fucking asshole are you that you can't even come out? There's, there's been movies we've seen at Cinepocalypse before. There was, That's the most where narcissistic, there was like, insane shit I've ever heard. There would be like 20 of us, and people were just excited for uh, them, like for us to see their movie. Mm -hmm. And Glenn Danzig's just like, yeah, well, um... I I was hoping it would be like a packed room. Like, fuck off, dude. Your movie sucked. The Misfits haven't been anything since the, the 80s. You ruined everything. But it's not coming out till next year. You can postpone it forever for all I care. Give me The Hunt instead of Veronica. Didn't we just watch that? The Hunt? Oh, no. the hunt, the hunt that they the... took out because they killed the people. Yes, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this was supposed to be on Blu-ray and VOD starting October 21st, and then they've postponed it. Hopefully forever. But people are calling it an instant cult classic that joins the ranks of the best worst movies like The Room and Birdemic. So it's that bad. Yes. So, you know what you can get me for Christmas? What? You can get me some lighthouse grooming sets and smells of seafoam and debauchery. Ew. Called Swab the Deck Seaman's Helper and Wiki Oil. First of all, you would never use it. I've gotten you stuff like that before. Okay, but I've this is from the lighthouse. I've thought about getting it for you again. Yeah, it would just sit. I want you to use what I get you. I can't use my Wiki Oil? That would go like on my horror toy shelf, <laughs> which is fine. And some Seaman's Helper? Some great stuff right there. When I was really little and I was in the bathtub, my mom was um, trying to teach me about semen. And I was like, semen? What is that? Like, fisherman? So, exactly. I think a, she made that up, though. It's available on the A24 website for $42. That's expensive. Yeah. Does it come with also Willem Dafoe's ejaculation that comes through the lighthouse? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> it's like, hey, Willem Dafoe, can you please jack off a little bit so we can put some of this in the wiki oil? You're gross. What's wrong with that? That's nasty. Or if they had like some sort of like fake seagull. Fake seagull. Like, because you remember how they had the bear? You mean for midsummer? Yeah, for yeah. midsummer. Like they could have did something with the seagull. Mm -hmm. That would have been sick. In that movie, the seagulls win. Just saying. Do they though? Technically they do. The one seagull doesn't. It, that was like a fake rubber chicken. Yeah, and then the other seagulls help uh what's the word i'm looking for i don't know <laughs> i don't even know what part you're talking about 
they all like gang up on Robert Pattinson. When? At the end. I don't remember that part. How do you not remember that part? I don't know. They like peck his eye out and stuff. Does he die? Oh yeah, I remember now. Yes, I remember now. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen The Lighthouse, because it's now expanded to more theaters, what are you waiting for? Same thing with Parasite. And I feel like there's something else people should be watching. Jojo Rabbit will be out next weekend, more theaters, so look forward to that. Uh, we've already kind of discussed this a little bit. We got a chance to see this at the Chicago Film Festival. Knives and Skin will be out on December 6th on VOD and small theater platforms. Can I just say that the one three girls with their killer fashion, the, the killer fashion was sick. The what girls? The three girls that would oh. walk with their like crazy hair, makeup, and clothing. I was so about that. Can we get the soundtrack of just them singing the 80s songs? In the choir? Yeah. <laughs> So look for that December 6th. Maybe we'll do a whole episode with that. Daniel isn't real and in fabric. Because when we get more and more into the later part of the year, the less horror film releases are. and We can kind of backtrack on some. Sound like a plan? The year's about to be over. You're talking about this year still? Yeah. Because then people have a chance to see Daniel isn't real and in fabric mm-hmm. and nice and skin. We have some more Nicolas Cage movie news. What is that? Oh, man. Color should... Out of Space? No, we should have watched that one movie that he has. The, the one where he's a big cat chaser. We could have watched that? Yeah, I oh, believe dang. so. What was the name of it? The mm, Prey Hunt. <laughs> Prey Hunt. <laughs> Prisoners. I don't know. It's funny, because, like, in... What's that movie where he's like a, a, a prisoner on the plane? Con Air. Now, now it's like reverse. It's on a boat and he's not the prisoner locked up who gets loose. He's like a chaser. Okay, the movie is called Primal. Primal. Yes. All the primal rage. Another but movie. It's like he does a lot of these straight to VOD movies and then he gets like one really good role. Like Mandy was his good role in 2018. But remember, he was also in Teen Titans Go the, Go to the Movies. Was he? Who was he? He Batman? was Superman. Oh, Superman. And then he was in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. He was the Peter. He was Peter Parker, Spider-Man Noir. Oh yeah, the black and white one. Yeah. But then this year he has a bunch of movies that never even heard of. What about Mom and Dad? Was that 2018? That was 2017. Oh. Well, 17 for the film. Yeah, it was 17 for the film festival. We didn't get tickets. And it says on here 2017, but I remember us watching it in 2018. Like the beginning of the year. But this year he has like Color Out of Space. But he has a new movie. Are you ready for it? Mm. He's going to battle animatronic monsters in an amusement park in Wally's Wonderland. Oh, shit. That's not a cartoon? No. That sounds fun. Yeah, there's not too much about it. It's going to be directed by Kevin Lewis. And Nicolas Cage is going to play a janitor forced to spend the night in the Twisted Amusement Park where he is pulled into a living nightmare. (laughs) He's just looking for a paycheck. Yeah, but he's fun. But, I mean, I wonder what they're going to do with Color Out of Space. Well... It's an H.P. Lovecraft classic story. I feel like it would get some kind of bigger release than... Kind of like how how Mandy got a release? Well, yeah, lots of people got to see Mandy. Yeah. I mean, that came out, like, last September, and it hit the theaters. It made a decent amount of money for what it was, and then it was on Blu-ray, I think, within the next month. But Color Out of Space was pretty good. The Alpacas... Yes, like, alpacas. like I said, we're gonna have like this 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 uh, Oscar type of. Uh, At the end of the year, we'll do our favorite movies, our favorite actors and actresses, all that kind of stuff. I think what Grubby is getting at is the favorite animals on screen. Lots of those. Can I already give you a hint? The alpacas are probably gonna be in it from Color Out of Space. There's alpacas. And probably Cooper from Girl on the Third Floor. 
Brandy is a fine girl. Brandy from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Is that all the news you have? Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to be coming to Blu-ray in December with deleted scenes. Put it on my Christmas list. It'll be out December 10th. Hit you that, hit that tar Target Circle Cartwheel app. They have buy one get buy two get one free this week. Buy two get what one free? Movies. Movies? Hmm. Stop winking at me. <laughs> I can't help it. That's pretty much all the news I have for this week. I have some box office. Some disappointing box office, to be quite honest. Terminator only made twenty nine million. Okay. Domestically. Well, I mean... But I think what's going to save it is the international sales because it made $94 million. Nice. Joker made another th almost $14 million. Maleficent made just over twelve. The Adams Family made eight point five. Family still in the theaters? Yeah. I feel like that was so long ago. It was like a month ago. How Isn't long do movies stay in the theater? Usually for 90 days. Oh. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Zombieland Double Tap made 7.3, Countdown made 5.8, and that rounds out like the top 10. But Parasite made 2.6 million, expanding into even more theaters now, aka I'm going to go see it in Cherville 12 later this week. Jojo Rabbit made 2.4, and The Lighthouse made just over 2 million. 2 million. 2 million. <laughs> So the more that those movies get expanded, the more they're going to make because everybody's finally going to get to watch them, and they're all really good. We were going to see Countdown this week. Today. I said, no, no, no. Because you were going to be lazy. We <laughs> no, could have went to the. I was not going to be lazy. We I said could've we should went, watch Haunt instead. We could have went to the 12-15 showing. But. You want Shall to talk, we talk about, about the trailers? You want to talk about the trailers that you posted? Most of them? Most of them? Well, Kindred Spirits we didn't post. Oh, but we retweeted this on our Twitter because it's apparently like a, a Lifetime movie now. Not surprising because when we saw it at Cinepocalypse, I felt like it was something like from the 90s. I said that. I don't know why. Like one of those like psychological movies on Lifetime like from the 90s. The good ones. So anyway, this movie is about a single mom, and she has a teenage daughter, and um, her younger sister comes back, and she's been gone for a long time, but we don't really know why. And then it seems like she just wants to settle in with them, like they're happy to have her and stuff, but then she, like, you can tell that there's she has, like, some other kind of sinister agenda, and she's actually, like, a super disturbed young individual and, like, kind of tries to be just, like, her sister's daughter. And it's creepy. But so you can watch that trailer on our Twitter or on the Lifetime Twitter to check that out. Lifetime that... Twitter? Yeah. Isn't there a Lifetime one? That's uh, what apparently. We were... So this is directed by Lucky McKee, who also did The Woman. Which was sick. And so they were both there. Lucky they McKee and... They showed The Woman and Kindred Spirits. Mac yeah. Or not The Woman. Um, The, the sequel to The Darling. Woman Darling. So they were both there for the Q&A for that. Because this. Polly McIntosh stars as The Woman... And then she made the sequel to it. And then Lucky McKee was there for Kindred Spirits, which was cool because then they just kind of like crossed the woman and Darling. Um, but does that have like a release? That that played. That actually played on, on Lifetime, Lifetime like last week though. But I'm going to assume it's that there's no like actual like streaming site other than the Lifetime app. <laughs> so if I'm you're pretty sure nobody has. So if you're over the age of fifty. You can watch Kindred Spirits on the Lifetime app. No, people over the age of 50 don't have apps. Ask my mom. She didn't even she know how to... She makes me download apps on her phone. She didn't know how to put the Target app on her phone. I did it for her and the Dairy Queen one because she likes Dairy you Queen need to put the You need to put the Kohl's one on there too so she can use her Kohl's cash. Okay. She has Kohl's cash. Like It's, it's paper money that you hold though. You don't have to do it on your... And then my dad's like, well, I'm going to buy her a new phone for Christmas. And I'm like, that buy her an like iPhone. That's a idea. Why? If she buys, if, if she gets an iPhone, then at least I know how to do, like, put the apps on there and hook everything up for her. And if, because she has an Android, I'm like, I don't know how to fucking use an Android. It's really weird. Who uses an Android? A lot of people. My work phone's an Android, but that thing's a piece of shit. 
You're going to turn off all of our Android listeners, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> if you have an Android, I'm He's sorry. Sorry. Anyway, so we also <laughs> posted on our Twitter and Instagram the new trailer for the new Grudge movie, and that is going to be in theaters January 3rd of next year. Um, it's directly connected to <laughs> the series and the 2004 The Grudge. I'm excited because John Cho is in it. I think it. The Grudge was here. No. Didn't you hear it? No, I didn't it hear went, it. <laughs> anyway, so I think actually this will be good. It's directed by Nicholas Peace. Peace? Who is did that? The Evil Dead? He, no, he did The Eyes of My Mother and he did. Oh. It's produced um, by the same people as The Evil Dead, right? Yeah, but he, uh, Nicholas Peace did Eyes of My Mother and... The Eyes of My Mother is a great movie. If you Piercing. haven't seen it, you should watch it. Uh, it's really funny. The singer of Face Wreck watched it the other day, and he was like, dude, this movie is fucked up. He watched Eyes of My Mother? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that movie is good as fuck. All right, what's the last trailer we have? Little Joe? Yes, Little Joe. Little Joe? So in Little Joe, I don't... Who is that directed by? You are you are the one with the directors always, but um, <laughs> this stars Emily Beecham and she plays a woman named Alice who's a single mother and she's also the senior plant breeder at a corporation who like develops new species, and she's engineered this special crimson flower that is super beautiful and also has a therapeutic value. If you keep it like at an ideal temperature and you feed it properly and you speak to it regularly, it's supposed to make you happier. Um, and like against. Me. Yes, against company policy, she takes one home and gives it to a gift to her teenage son, and who, whose name is Joe, and so they name the plant Little Joe, but um, as the plant grows, so does, you know, their suspicion that maybe this plant really isn't as harmless as it is, as it seemed to be, because people start to act weird and stuff, um, but yeah, we posted that trailer on our Instagram and our Twitter, so you can go watch that, and that is going to be in theaters December 6th. Looks pretty cool. It's directed by Jessica Hosner. Yeah, it looks pretty good. It looks really good, actually. This played at the Cannes Film Festival. It got mixed reviews. It played at Fantastic, but I didn't get to see it. But we can lump it into the episode with Daniel Wasn't Real and In Fabric. And there was something else I said, too, but I can't remember. So happens when we get old. Is that all the trailers we got? Yeah. You were going to post The End of the Fucking World Season 2? So season one was amazing. If you haven't watched that show, there's going to be a se- second show season a second show. <laughs> next this weekend. So you can binge watch them both. I think it's only like four hours long total. Mm. I think it's going to be out on Tuesday. Tuesday. So by the time we see each other again, we both could, you'll probably already binge it. We watched it together last time. I think we have watched it all. Somewhat. I think we watched it all in one day. Yeah, we did. We just did nothing on a Saturday and just binge watched it. It was really good. It was. It was quite hilarious. Yes. Not really a... That's where you kind of put it in like the dark comedy territory. Yes. Um, So we're going to jump into Creepshow that we caught up on. Um, So the fourth episode, the segments were called The Companion and Lydia Lane's Better Half, which you said, which one was it? The Companion that the, the person that did the ritual did? Yes, uh, David Bruckner. So the person, yes, he did The Ritual, which is a great movie. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. If you haven't already. That was our first experience at TIFF with the Midnight Crew, and that was so fun. But so in The Companion, a boy named Harry, who's being bullied by his older brother, Billy, he ends up stumbling upon an old scarecrow, and he accidentally brings it to life, basically. It's the owner of the house's, I think it's like... The owner of the house, he lost his wife, and so he wanted a companion because he was lonely. And he accidentally created this creature that ended up killing a child. So he stabs it through the heart with his wife's, like, cane. No, was it? No, it was his cane. No, it was his wife's cane. It was her heart that she sewed. And it was also her cane. You sure? Yeah, it was next to her rocking chair and stuff, and it showed her with it before, I think. Uh But um, anyway, so that goes down. And he does find the owner in the basement. Like, he has shot himself after the scarecrow kills the little girl, which it shows. It shows him, the scarecrow, like, putting its, like, hay fingers through the girl. And I was like, oh, that's hay sick. Hay fingers. Yes, hay fingers. So, hay yeah, fingers. all these episodes were a lot bloodier than the first ones that we watched. Um, but then Harry brings the scarecrow home and 
has the scarecrow kill his brother. Which we I don't think know. he gains he... control of it by having the cane. Like the cane, he put it back through the heart. She, he, the the scarecrow also bowed down to the cane. Like that was what had brought it to life. I think. I don't know. You don't. They don't show him killing his brother, but like kind of like terrorizing yeah, him. Yeah, it does. The does scarecrow's it? hands go through his throat, just oh, like how do. it did with the do- little girl. Yeah. So he kills his brother. Super dark. Fucked up. They killed the little kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> killed the little kid. And then the second segment of that episode. David Bruckner also did the man in the suitcase. Yeah, that was a good one. That we talked about last episode, didn't we? Yes. Well, the last episode we talked about Creep Show. We talked about that. Um, and the next one is Lydia Lane's Better Half, directed by Roxanne Benjamin, who has done uh, Body of Brighton Rock and Don't Fall of the XX series. Yeah, we were really excited about the XX series because it was an anthology done by all women, but it was like disappointing. There weren't that many good segments. But anyway, Lydia's better half, Lydia Lane's better half, um, is about a woman who kills her lover and then needs to hide the ev- evidence, but she's trapped inside the elevator with her lover's body. Because they, they work at, you know, like a big business, and she was... Next um, in line for a promotion. Her lover was next in line for a promotion, her against another guy, and she obviously assumed that with all her talk about empowering women that she would get the... The, uh, promotion promotion <laughs> yes but she doesn't she gets mad there's a terrible accident like she doesn't kill her on purpose but she purposely tries to hide the evidence they both end up dead in the elevator it's very bloody heads are chopped it's very fun yeah better than body of brighton rock <laughs> like i said these episodes are way bloodier than the other ones in a, in a for what kind way. of budget they are and yeah. a, how small of a scale they're based upon I, they're still pretty good uh, episode five. That was Night of the Paw and Times is Tough and Musky Holler. Night of the Paw, I think, is a story that's been done before. Oh, with the Three Wishes? Yeah. Well, with the paw also. Yeah. But, um... There was the, a movie, I believe, called Monkey Paw. Well, and there's the... Also, I think it's like an Edgar Allan Poe story, the paw. Uh, but, so, there, there's a funeral homeowner and... Basically, a killer gets stranded there with the mortician and his monkey paw, which he explains to her, grants three wishes, that, you know, he tried to bring back his dead wife and all that stuff, and she doesn't believe him. Even though he says that his third wish is what brought her to him, that he wished for a killer to take his life because of, you know, the guilt that he felt from bringing his wife back and trapping her in the grave. And she was like, you know, no, I'm not a killer. But we knew from like a flashback that she had shot somebody in the hospital who actually ended up being her husband. And he had begged her to do it because he was ill, very sick. Um, so she does end up killing him and she takes the monkey paw and she wants to bring her husband back. And the episode ends with her in the morgue where her husband is and her trying to bring him back and all the bodies sit up in the morgue. This one was directed by John Harrison. Is that somebody? Yeah, John Harrison was involved in the very first original Creep Show. He was a composer and also first assistant director. Well then. Yeah. Plus he's directed some pretty good movies. Tales from the Dark Side. Uh, He was involved in Diary of the Dead. And he is an executive producer for The New Dune. Oh. So So. you might have said his name before when we were talking about Dune. Probably. Uh, But that was mostly for the cast. Um, the second part, Times is Tough and Musty Holler, was uh, about a former mayor and his followers who had controlled the town through fear after, like, a zombie thing happened. And um, it's really funny because David Arquette is in this episode, and he's he's a cop, so he looked just like he did in all the Scream movies. Um, but basically, they, you know, they capture the mayor and all him, and they get a taste of their own medicine. Like, they play this sick game called, like, Live Pie, I think, or something like that, where they have the heads of the mayor and the police and his followers sticking up through the ground, and they let the zombies out, and they come and eat them. So that was a super bloody episode, too. Funny. This episode utilized the comic strip art that they do throughout the segments really well. A lot. You want to talk about the last one? The last episode that we saw, episode six, the segments were Skin Crawlers and By the Silver Water of Lake Champlain. Skin Crawlers was directed also by Roxanne Benjamin. Who did the Lydia Lane one and the XX? 
this one is about a doctor who discovers a solution for weight loss and he finds these rare creatures like I think in the Amazon wasn't it in the river and they're like giant leeches um that supposedly like latch onto you numb the patient's whole body and like suck out the fat and all that um they are doing a like a trial run isn't it well no or they're offering they, a they went on like the main character refused after he saw but at that time they were offering it like to people weren't they or were they having to pay for it they were having to pay for it because what they did was they brought some people into their office and then remember afterwards everybody's like take take all my my money money." and like everybody would have like money and credit cards in their hands but the one guy was like no i don't think this is for me well he was like fuck no you're not putting those fucking creatures on me yeah and then he took some donuts and bailed yeah but then two weeks later he's just sitting at a food truck and he meets the girl he saw there in the office who was extremely overweight and she had lost so much weight and you know going on about how he's so fucking lonely and is never gonna have anybody because he's overweight so she's telling him Is this a body positive episode? It's the opposite of a body positive episode. Well, like, the guy doesn't care about what he looks like. Oh, at that time he does, though. Because she then says, you know, I'm going on the news to spread it to the world, and you can be our She became like a a model for, like like a spokesman. Yeah. And she was like, you can be our volunteer for the show. Which, basically, he would get it for free. Right. And he was like, all right, I'll do it. Like, I'll, I'll come. And he gets on the show, and he's like, I'm sorry for ever doubting you. And then on the weather, they're talking about the solar eclipse, and something about the solar eclipse affects animals and dogs and your pets and all that. So as they're filming, the guy at the solar eclipse, you know, you hear, like, his stomach rumbling or whatnot. He's like, oh, it's last night's lasagna. But um, the people in the office also start having issues, and then basically all of a sudden these, like, fucking parasites explode out of their body. And it's sick. It had some pretty good It had really body good horror. body horror and effects. Like, yeah, it was really good. And so he, the guy, the main guy, he hadn't, they hadn't started doing it on him yet. And he was like, fuck you. Like, you said you tested this over and over and over again. He's like, well, I didn't know. Like, we didn't ever have planned, like, something about, like, eclipses. Because it was, like, the first solar eclipse in, like, a century, they said, or something. But then, like, a ginormous ass... Kinda, fucking thing explodes like, out of him. Well, it kind of looked like uh, a resemblance to the chestburst scene of Alien. Yeah, and I think that his was the biggest because he was the doctor, so he his has been in him the longest, probably. Like, the people who had just had the, um, like, surgery done or whatever, their parasites were, like, little, and it was like they had been, like, breeding inside of the people, basically. Very sick. Yeah, that episode was cool. Good body horror to it. The second one is probably my least favorite out of all six that we watched which is very disappointing because it was tom savini oh well i mean the monster looked cool yeah um but basically i mean yeah this is your basic like nessie story where there's a lake monster and no one believes that it's a real Loch Ness monster yes the Loch Ness monster lake champlain though this one and they called it what Ch- champ 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 champy because lake champlain so this had, you know, a little family and Rose was a girl whose dad had been chasing it because he was sure that it was real and he ended up dying because of it, like he drowned or whatever. And, you know, one day it washes up. They think it washes up on the lake, but it ended up being like a baby and the real one came. Big one came at the end. Yeah, but there was also the story of the abusive stepdad. Yeah. And... Who gets eaten at the he end. He gets eaten by the... the the parental it was actually Nessie. really sad because it like found its dead baby on the beach and like drug it back out to the ocean and she was like no one will believe us if we let it go well the mom first of all didn't want to believe the story because her husband was chasing it for many many years and like used all their money and everything yeah and then when the children went down there and the rambo kid what was that her like boyfriend. her boyfriend was that her boyfriend yeah her love interest well, oh, he was cute okay they went the down there they went down there, and after the big scuffle happened with the stepdad, and the stepdad got eaten, <laughs> the mom came down and was like, what are you guys talking about? Because the mama Loch Ness Monster drug its dead baby back into the lake, and the mom's like, I don't believe any of this until she sees the shadowy figure of Nessie going back in. Champy. But I think it wasn't just the fact that she saw the shadow, because she could have said, oh, like I could have seen anything. I think it was really at this time... You know, her believing her kids also. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't. I wouldn't say it was my least favorite, but I, I like... Out of the six, it was my least favorite. Twelve. Well, out of the six that we watched. Six episodes. 
the six segments that we watched. What do you call it? Six episodes, 12 segments? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, overall, Creepshow, also to add some news to that, is renewed for another season. So look for that probably next year. And then now we're going to talk about Haunt. So this is by the writers of A Quiet Place and produced by Eli Roth. Yep. So, you know, it looks kind of basic, like how all these movies have been coming about, about haunted houses, and it ends up like, you know, the people inside are actually really killing people and whatnot. So that seems like it's been overused this year or last year. You know, we saw Hellfest, and what was the other one that was exactly like it? We saw Bloodfest, but I never saw Bloodfest, Hellfest. Hellfest, yes. So, I mean, this kind of looks like it's going to be the same same idea, but... Um, I think the storyline is a little bit deeper. The main character had grew, grew up with, um, you know, a dad who abused her mom. And she was, so, you know, there's a part where she's like, oh, like, I grew up in a haunted house, so. Well, the big difference between Bloodfest and, like, Haunt was, like, Bloodfest was an entire amusement park. And that's where I think Hellfest copied. Right. <laughs> Whichever one came, I don't even know. Blood, yeah. Bloodfest came first because we saw it, it just played Cleveland. after South by Southwest. And we saw it at Cleveland. And Hellfest didn't come out until like later in the year. Right. And if you said you like Hellfest better than Bloodfest, that means you didn't okay, like well, Spider-Man. Okay, we didn't see one of them, so we can't judge. Spider-Man's best friend is in That's Bloodfest. true. Spider-Man's best friend is in Bloodfest, and he was hilarious. Um, but so in Haunt... Um, she also has then an abusive boyfriend. You see that he has a drinking problem and he's hit her. So, you know, the cycle is kind of like repeating itself from her childhood. But her and her friends go out and they end up at a haunted house. And they have to lock their cell phones up at the beginning. And they're going through it and it seems really cheesy at first. They're like, you know, is this even supposed to be scary? I just found it very random that they uh, found this flyer for... The one friend had it, yeah. Well, I think he just found it on the ground. They were just like, let's go to a haunted house. And then all of a sudden, hey, I have this there, there, there's flyer. Let's go to this haunted house, and the extreme like, yes. haunted house. And Absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, once we get to the end, like, we see, like, those people, I'm sure, were advertising were to get people friends, to Were they all friends? So the one guy at the bar. Because they're all friends. Like, they are all friends. Like, all the girls were friends. And then the two guys were friends. Yeah, but I think, but but the one guy knew her roommate. She just never had met him because she never goes out. And he also never goes out. So they I, end up all being... I did like the one kid's costume because he was like, I'm supposed to be a part of the human centipede, yeah. but the other th- two guys bailed. <laughs> and they're like, why? Because the other two didn't want to eat ass all night? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um, that Props was to really that funny. costume. Yes. Um, but they do. They end up at this haunted house and... They do see somebody behind bars get attacked by, like, one of the actors, and, you know, they're not really sure. Obviously, they think it's fake. Everybody, Yeah, everybody thought everything was fake. Like, oh, this is an extreme haunted house. What could go wrong? Like, they might touch you. They might, Yeah. you know, they're obviously just there to scare you. So they're, like, they're just thinking when when this girl gets, not attacked, but she gets... She gets sinned. She gets burned with, like, a poker that's yeah. been in the fire. She gets branded. That's right. what I'm looking for. And then they close the curtains. They're like, okay, like, that was fucked up. Because, like, like, all really the smoke... Because when they brand her, all the smoke comes up. There's, like, the more fog, smoke. Yeah. And they're like, oh, oh, is this real? Is this not real? Right. And then there's a part, then, after that, where they're going through, like, a cramped space. They have to crawl. And their one friend doesn't come out at the end. Like, because the, they split. One One part said, this way is safe and this way is not. So three went one way and three went the other way. Well, you're supposed to take the not safe way because they tried to play you. And they were Neither of them were safe. I know. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, whenever you go to a real haunted house, you always take the not safe way. Yeah, I don't, I don't know actually if that's true. They usually let you know. They kind of have to let you know. Like there's usually like a claustrophobic part at one and one is like legit, you're squished in like, a blown up trash bag and they tell you like you know if you have issues you don't go this I'm way. I'm not a fan of claustrophobia. Yeah, it's nasty. Well, it's usually gross. Like somebody else's body was squeezed in that and breathing in it and it's But nasty. from the looks of it, that those tight spaces didn't look that tight like when they were No, going. in that they weren't. Well, crawling though in the dark would be pretty fucked up. So they're crawling through this one part and their one friend doesn't come out at the end. Just two of them come out and they're like, you know, there's an actor in this next room and they're like our friend didn't come out of there. We don't know where she went. And so in the other group, the other three group, they come up to this place that wants you to reach your arm in a hole and, like, guess this body part. And the first one has spaghetti, which is supposed to be brains. And the second one has grapes, which is supposed to be probably eyeballs. Testicles. 
I think it was supposed to be eyeballs. I think it was supposed to be <laughs> testicles. Okay, whatever. So then the third one, the girl's reaching. She's like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. And like there was, there was some sexual her. joke there, I'm sure. Yeah, somebody grabs her arm and it comes out and there's like razor slices through it. So she's hurt in that room. And then when the six of them, well, not the six anymore, the five of them meet up, they're, they're like, you know, where is, I don't even know what the girl's name was who disappeared. It was like Maggie, I think. So she disappears. And then on the other side where the witch had po- done the poker thing to the one girl, they drag her in and they straight up take the poker and... The pitchfork. The, no, the poker, the burning poker. It's the burning oh, poker. The, and they the put it through her head, fully through her skull. So, like, clearly they don't think it's acting anymore. Plus, the one girl is hurt, and they're all freaking out. And so, Nate, the guy that she met at the bar who came. Did you say Maggie? I think it was Maggie. It's Mallory. Mallory. Maggie, Mallory, whatever. I was pretty close. <laughs> So he's like, you know, we can't go back this way. I'll go forward a little bit and try to see if I can find an exit or help. So he goes forward and he meets one of the actors in a white mask who's like, oh, somebody's hurt. Like, I'll show you the way. Like, let me come back with you. And he's like, no, no, it's all fake. Like, your friend is waiting outside for you, yada, yada. But he won't take off his mask and he won't give them He wouldn't go, his come out of, like, character. Of yeah. So... Then what happens? They go forward. It's, it's pretty much just like a cat and mouse game because then they start to realize that everybody's getting picked off one by one. Are we we spoiling this? Do you want to spoil it? Yeah. It is on Shutter. So and it's, you know, it's been on there for a couple of weeks. It was actually we're spoiling it. It was, we're spoiling. it was actually in theaters for like a weekend. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, this would have been a great thing to watch before Halloween happened, and you know something that would have scared you into not wanting to go to haunted houses, whatnot. So, uh, it is not the same as all the other ones. It, it, there's some twisty payoffs. Like, the people behind the masks are monsters behind the masks. Um, like, they look like they're masks, but more scary because it's real. <laughs> like, the guy with the clown mask has, like, a fucked up clown face. And then... Um, one guy th- has, like, no face at all. Like, right, like a burn is, victim almost. Yeah, that's what he looks like. And then, so he captures the guy who was dressed up as a centipede, and he's like... And he takes his face. He, like, rips his skin off. His whole ass face. That was pretty cool when he took, like, the hammer. The, yeah, the, under his the, teeth the, the and, like, end. peeled it back. So that was fucked up. So then we're like, okay, so this is different. Like, these are creatures and they're after these people for their faces, basically. A couple of them were, like, tattoo shop. Yeah, like, so they got away with being, like, piercers and tattoo artists because they had modifications, basically. Yeah, one of the main, like, yeah, it was, like, one of the main the guys had. The devil the redhead. He had, like, Horns. face modifications, like, spikes and... And black eyes. Yeah. Um, And then the one guy that they come upon, he's like, no, no, like, I didn't kill anybody. Like, I'm just helping out. And he was actually not one of them. He was just helping out. Like, they had hired him to help out, I guess. And... He got murked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then also, at one point, the main guy finds their phones in the office and he sends, like, a help ping signal to... Off of Sam's phone to the ex-boyfriend, the abusive ex-boyfriend. But then he knows where they are and he gets there and, you know, oh, maybe he's going to save the day, but he also gets killed. She gets a new boyfriend then. Yeah, they definitely get together after all that. <laughs> they're the only two that survive. Um, but there are also some other things, you know. There, she, She's hiding under the bed in, the, in one of the last scenes and she's having flashbacks of when she would hide under the bed, the bed from her dad. And at the end, um, she had also kept talking about how she would have reoccurring dreams about going to visit her mother because after all that happened she hadn't been home for like four years and she would have reoccurring dreams of going back and visiting her mom and her being them hugging and her being like you know he's gone like your dad's gone now finally and in the end she's in the hospital having that dream again but the clown like pops up in the back background of the dream and she realizes like oh they all signed waiver forms and they all signed waiver forms with their addresses so she knew that those people would be coming after her well at whoever her house. was still alive there was only one guy that was still the alive the clown was like the only one left and he set the whole thing on fire afterwards so obviously they would do this every year often find people that would come to their haunted house and whatnot but she then does so she goes back to her mom's house and sets a trap for him and kills him, you know, in all the ways that they would have been killed in their haunted house. Like, there's parts where they would put, like, a massive amount of glue, I guess, super glue. Yeah, stuff strong enough for a human to stick to. And then boards with nails in it. 
kind of reminiscent of your next when they would jump through the window. I think it's that happens in a lot of stuff. But that's what I think of when I think of the nails through the boards and the floor. Yeah. And then shoots them. But um, yes, I do. I I mean, so out of all, so they do have a lot of the like. I was thinking that like maybe the dad was gonna be the bad guy. Well, part of the haunted house. Well, that was another thing. They were like, she thought she when she, when the one guy was about to hurt her, she was like, "Please don't hurt me, Sam." Like her ex boyfriend, and he was like, "That's when you first see one of the people take their masks off," and he's like, "Who's Sam?" And he was like, "You have such a pretty face," and whatnot. Well, they escaped, and she got a new boyfriend out of the deal. Yeah, I do think <laughs> it was. You know, I think it was deeper than. Well, first of all, they you know of all the haunted house tropes that they use, like I do feel like they did it smartly. Like it didn't feel cliche really at all like it's nothing new but well the whole part too also with uh when she was hiding under the bed like the room that was kind of like set up like her bedroom her room back when she was younger it was also an escape room right which was she had to find a key i like that part of it the other thing though too i think which is deeper like about the whole mask thing is like what's hiding under the mask could be worse because they were like actual monsters you know what i mean so that was that like i think if you like these kinds of movies that it's definitely a good watch it's on shutter it's on shutter pay your 4.99 a month maybe you could have gotten that 31 percent discount if you um if you used it on before halloween 31 percent off of a yearly subscription that's pretty good. It is. I should have canceled. Well, it was for it's for first time subscribers, so I probably could have just put it in your name, got thirty one percent off, and then made you pay for it. No, just like how <laughs> AMC Stubs. Um, you're an adult. You can pay for your own AMC Stubs. Yeah, I do, but I didn't want AMC Stubs. Do you think I was gonna sit there and pay for you to go to the movies all the time? No, I, that was when I would just have to pay for a ticket. But that was that would be so stupid because if you and I go to the same movies and you pay eleven dollars and I don't pay nothing, I don't pay anything. Speak properly. I don't pay nothing. <laughs> All right, so on to Terminator Dark Fate, yeah, right? Yeah. So let me just start off by saying that I have never watched any of the Terminator movies. Fail. <laughs> um, I mean, I know. You know the basic stuff about the original, but I definitely have never seen any of the Hasta ones la from vista, there. baby. But I do think. I'll be well, back. so do you want to start this out with like the director and all that, whatnot? Because <laughs> from my point of view, I feel like it had you know potential. The right, I think it had the right mix of like action and suspense, and also like you know old school comic relief. But it definitely like probably lacked the firepower of the original, which I think. I know from, you know, reading what, that people loved. Well, this is directed by Tim Miller, who did Deadpool. And oh, Deadpool God. was a pretty big movie. Yeah. And produced by James Cameron. This so, also has a good cast. So James Cameron did the first two. The first two what? Oh. Terminator, Terminator and Terminator yes. Judgment Day. Right. Two great films. 1984, great year for movies. Terminator, Ghostbusters, Gremlins. I think Ghostbusters was 1984. Yeah. Then 1991 was Terminator Ju- Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And then this the stars Arnold. Arnold? Arnold Schwarzenegger and... I felt bad for his character. Lin- oh, he was funny in it, I thought. Yeah, but it was sad. And it's got Linda Hamilton, who reprises her role as Sarah Connor. Who, like, you know, pretty much stole the show. Do you think she stole the show? I think for people who are big fans of... The original, yes. I think that's what they were coming back for. So, like, everybody knows in the original, Terminator was sent to kill Sarah Connor. Right. That didn't happen. Right. Terminator Judgment 2, Arnold, a.k.a. T-800, was sent back to protect uh, Sarah Connor and John Connor from T-1000. And he dies. And he dies. In the process. Okay, so then... Trying to save them. Right, so then in this one... Well, he does save them. Right. And then in this one, James Cameron was like, I want him to come back from a future that doesn't exist and fucking blow John away first 30 seconds of the movie. And they're like, we're really going to do this? And he was like, yes, that's what I want to do. 
So that's what they started this one out. Arnold this, comes. This is James Cameron actually having a hand in his movies. I'm like, yes. I'm like when they put <laughs> produ- producer Eli Roth, like yeah. he probably just says, yeah, this sounds cool, whatever. James Cameron probably was like, Avatar is not going to do very well, so let me have a hand in Terminator. Right. So that sets off the whole, <laughs> whole rest of Sarah Connor's life because then she hunts Terminators ever since that happened. Ever since 1998. Right. So now... Two decades this, this, later. This has nothing to do with Rye, uh, the third one. It has nothing. It, it comes off of the second one and all the rest are erased. Just yeah. like how kind of like the Halloweens came from. Yeah. So, yeah, in this one, there's a new character. The Terminators are coming after. So, you know, we obviously assume that. It's the T-900, I believe they call her. It's Mackenzie Davis. They send her. Oh, she's not a Terminator, though. Well, no, she... Yeah. She's an enhanced she's human. A, yeah. She is a human with enhanced powers. But no, aug- she's augmented human. But I'm talking about the guy that's coming after the main character. He oh, yeah, comes. they sent another Terminator. Yes, and so we automatically assume that her character, her name is Danny, is, you know, she is the one who gives birth to the leader of the resistance. They call it a Rev-9. A Rev-9. Right, so in this future, instead of Skynet, it's Legion. So, you know, they stopped Skynet in the first ones, and now in this one, something else came up. They didn't learn. It's called the Legion. I really find it weird that Arnold was in the last one, but he wasn't in... Genesis or whatever salvation. I don't the know. one that was like two thousand eight. I have no idea. The one with Christian Bale. They're, they're all irrelevant anyway. So in this one, yes. So they're trying to save her and Sarah has the the reason why she's been able to defeat Terminators and know where they are is because she's been getting these anonymous texts. And um Mackenzie Di- her name's Grace. Grace, yeah. She she is able to locate where the texts are coming from and the same location where the texts are coming from is the same location that has been tattooed on her by her like uppers to to, so that if she ever needed help that that's where she should go so they decide that they're going to travel there and once they get there that's where arnold is so they drop in the rev nine in mexico city nude nude and they drop mackenzie davis in nude and then the chase is on from there to see who can find who Right. And so, obviously, though, when they run into Arnold's character, Sarah Connor's, like, flipping the fuck out, like, wants to kill him because he had killed her son. Well, the Rev-9 is after uh, Danny. Danny. And Grace is sent there to protect Danny. Which we find out she's sent there to protect Danny by Danny from the future. Which is, like, <laughs> some of this time uh, time jumping kind of doesn't make sense at at some points. Yeah, I definitely think that that's true. That um, it was a bit cluttered. Well, it just it's just I mean, you know, if they won in the future, then why how were they able to send somebody to kill Danny? And if they killed the person that was after Danny, wouldn't they just send more people? You know what I mean? Like all of it, there's just so many things that could happen that just don't really seem like they fit. Like but, send more terminators to kill more. Right. Like but, this Terminator didn't cut it. Let's just send another Terminator. Yeah. And I mean, though, also, though, if Danny leading the resistance in the future won, if if the whole reason they were sending back to kill her because she won, then how were they how were they able to do that if she was winning? If she wasn't winning, then why the fuck would they even come after her? You know this what I mean? is why they should have stopped after Judgment Day. Right. <laughs> but anyway, though, so so but we we have to talk about so so they get to Arnold and he's like, that's the motherfucking Terminator that killed my son. And Grace is like, is that true? And he's like, yes. Because basically, like, Sarah Connor's there to protect um, Grace. Grace, yeah. And Grace is there to protect Danny. And if well, Grace no, she's di- there to protect if Danny. Grace, if Grace dies, then... She's not there to protect Grace. She's there to protect Danny also. And they're kind of, like, going back and forth. Like, no, I'm fucking here to protect her. I don't trust you type thing. And then they kind of team up. But Arnold... What? Oh, so his name now is Carl. He does, like, <laughs> he installs, like, window shades or something. <laughs> he does He does drapery? Yeah. So he has a family now, and, you know, he had you're to like, learn. what the fuck? And he he's like, I learned after raising emotions. this, yeah, after raising this boy, like, I understand that, like, what you lost when you lost John. So ever since then, I've been wanting to, like... Because the first second that Sarah Connor saw the Terminator, yeah, tried to shoot Carl... Him. She was and she like, was like, I'm not calling you fucking Carl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but by the end, she does, and it's really sweet, honestly. It, it's so weird because it's like two people that hate each other for the past two decades. 
or more. Well, he's been secretly helping her though, and she just never knew. Yeah, because he's been sending out the text messages of and where the Terminators are. And at the end of each text are. message, it says for John. Yeah. So he's like trying to repent for his sins. So this like this kind of it does have its like weird twists and turns of time jumping and how it's not really mapped together very well. But if you're just looking for an action movie. I mean, and if you don't think on those things too hard, it would be fine also. I think it's just hard because if you just watch the first two and then they're like, oh, we're not considering any of the next three to be a part of this, then it's like you're erasing a lot of history. Yeah, it was good for the action and it was good for the laughs. But, like, I definitely think it was supposed to be, you know, sad at the end. It's really weird that Arnold is supposed to be the funniest character in this. Well, right, and so, and when he, you know, saves them at the end and dies again, he says for John, and that's supposed to be sad. And also, Grace dies by giving her power support, and that should have been sad. And for somebody that cries at every movie, me, I didn't feel sad at all. He should have picked up the sunglasses so, and put them on. Yeah, he really should have. There was a part where he was going to, he picks up the sunglasses, and I was like, oh, shit, because even from not seeing it, like, I know that's a thing. And then he doesn't wear them, and I'm like, damn, well, that's sad. That's disappointing. But yeah, also at the end then, they, her, Danny, and Sarah go find Grace in their current time, who's a child still, and she's like, I'm not going to let her die for me again. And that part was kind of messed up too. Like, that, That's kind of like why I said the time jumping kind of doesn't make much sense. Right. I mean, it's still sitting at 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's obvious like some, some people out there like it. Well, I think it probably is, you know, it did its fan service, and those people are going to like it. If you like Terminator and Judgment Day. But I also, I mean, I enjoyed it. I was having a fine time. I wasn't. It's just nothing like. I wasn't bored, but I I feel like the story should have been a little more put together. Right. It's got your action, though. They got some dumb action in there, too. Like some unrealistic stuff. Right. But then again, if we watch movies like Hobbs and Shaw, where the rock can pull a fucking helicopter to himself. (laughs) Speaking of that, the guy, his brother in Hobbs and Shaw in in Samoa plays the friend in Dr. Sleep, and he was so good. Really? Yes. He was amazing. What else did I see? Oh, um, the guy that played the Rev-9 in this movie, he was the teacher in Hala. Oh, was he? Yeah. That's weird. Mr. Lawrence? Yeah. The one that she like went yeah. over there and she tried to like, and get And got him in real big trouble? Yeah. That was fucked up. I felt bad for him. Because he was straight up like, I don't want you to stay here. And she did anyway. And then he got fired. And probably will never get a job again in teaching. And then obviously Mackenzie Davis is in some bigger movies. The Turning. That's right. Yeah, she's in The Turning. She's in uh, Blade Runner 2049. The Perfectionist. She was in... No. I'm sorry. I get them confused so badly. That's Allison Williams. <laughs> We've had this discussion before. I, okay, so what was she just in that we already saw that wasn't The Perfectionist? Tully. Okay. She was the she was the night sitter. Right. Well, she's really good. Remember, we we were like she was in Freaks of Nature. Yeah, she was a vampire. And then she's in The Martian. Well, and okay, so then was she was in, was she in Escape Room? The no. in Escape Room. Stop. She wasn't. Stop. <laughs> is that the other girl though? That's enough. But is that the other girl? No. That's just somebody completely. The different. girl from the Mackenzie Davis and the girl from The Perfection are not in Escape Room. Who is? The girl from Get Out? No, that's the girl in The Perfection. Okay, yes. Whatever. Seriously? Well, the girl who is the redhead in The Escape Room is also in Freaks and Nature. Oh my god. She is. Give me a second and I can tell you. They all three look alike, okay? They're all three the same. If this loads. Deborah Ann Wool. That's the girl from Escape Room? Or from Freaks and Nature? Both. That's from Escape Room. And she's also in Freaks of Nature. Okay, let me get to the Freaks of Nature part. Are you even looking up the right girl? Yeah. You could have been looking this up too because we've already had this long discussion about it. What did she play in Freaks of Nature? Yeah, Mackenzie Davis played Petra in Freaks of Nature. Yeah, but you were trying to say Vanessa Hudgens. (laughs) Ew, what? No. Keegan-Michael Key was in it? John John Cusack. I remember Pat Oswalt. John Cusack? Joan, you mean? Oh, it's Joan. The girl. Uh, what did you say she played? No, I'm thinking of Mackenzie Davis. That's who oh I was thinking Oh my god. Of. Yes, Mackenzie Davis is in Freaks of Nature. She is not in The Perfection. She is not in Get Out. What is she in? 
I just told you everything she was in. Tully, The Martian. Are you confused now? I am so confused. Allison Williams has only been in Get Out and The Perfection. And, oh, yeah, yeah, those and, two. And, and Peter those Pan two. Live. Yeah, I get them confused. They look the fucking same. The, the girl that's the redhead in Escape Please Room. Oh! And also the redhead from True Blood is the other one I get mixed up with them. She was in Escape Room? She's in something. Do you honestly... That's who it is. Those three, I get confused. How do you get them confused? They, they look, look nothing identical. alike. No, they look nothing alike. Okay. Deborah Ann Wool. Yeah. She was in Escape Room. And True, True Blood. Blood. Okay. Yeah. Stop so getting them, three, stop they, getting them the mixed up. <laughs> All right. Anyway, wrapping this up. Would you give Terminator? I don't know. Wow. 2.5. I gave it a three. two and a half. Okay. I, uh, same thing with Haunt. I gave it a two and a half. I would give Haunt at least a three. It was yeah. a little smarter than that. A little smarter than that? Yeah. Well, next week we're going to do Dr. Sleep and spoil it. Grubby might go see that app movie. Countdown? Yeah, Countdown. <laughs> I'm going to go see... Uh, I don't know if I want to see it tonight. Maybe, Maybe I'll we'll go and find it. The Furies. Watch it. The Furries. The Furies. <laughs> the Furies. There's a lot of good original content on Shudder that we're probably going to get into since uh, there's not really that many horror films coming out to the theater. I mean, we already saw Doctor Sleep, but we can talk about it next week. The Furies. I'm still trying to get you to see Paradise Hills, which is actually playing the Cisco Film Center. I hate whatever her name is. Nora Roberts. Anna Nora. Nora Roberts. What's her name? Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts. Yeah. But it's got... Daniel McDonald and Aquafina and um, what's her face from the Resident Evil movies? I Mila hate Jonovich. her too. Mila Jonovich. I can't stand her. So I should just go see this movie by she myself. She was the bad, bad, bad lady in the new Hellboy. Also, and the fucking she terrible movie. Yeah, well, she's bad. <laughs> that movie like was her. so bad. I like David Harbour though, and what's her name? The girl. Zoe Kravitz. No, not Zoe Kravitz. Um, she was the girl from Daniel. Was a real. Yes. I don't remember her name. It's not coming to me. That's fine. So next week, let's plan on Dr. Sleep. Full spoiler. Another pet that is going to be on our list for the end of the year. There's a cat. There's a cat? Yes. The cat that would come in at the hospice place. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I don't remember the name it of it. It was a very pretty cat. What was the name of it? It doesn't matter. We're not talking about Jinxie? Her. No. <laughs> Jinxie? No, it was like Mr. Hobbs or something. Mr. Hobbs. Yeah. Maybe I'll go see Dr. Sleep on Friday night or something, just to refresh my memory. I mean, we already posted that review for it. We gave it a four out of five. I see a lot of people saying that if you liked Dr. Sleep, you hate Stanley Kubrick. Which is false, because I love Stanley His his. So, it 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 honors it, but it's its own thing. It wasn't supposed to be. Because it's a Stephen be. King ad adaptation. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Because even on like, my letterbox, I just put... I, I like this. I just wish they they should have just did Jack Nicholson. You know, Jack Torrance's character was not he was up to looking. par. Which I mean, and it's not he. It's not even that he wasn't up to par. Like maybe he was. It's just that he looked so. Because we're so used to right. You know, yes. Because they did all those scenes at the Overlook that look like they're from the first movie. They're all reshot except for the blood scene. They had to take that from the original. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Wendy Torrance was Alex Esso. Yeah. She did a fine job. She, she looked looks just pretty like much like... Because they're both awkward and fucking weird. <clears throat> <laughs> like, I, I love movies that she's in, but she bothers me in every movie that she's in. I can't even find, like, the actor who did Jack Torrance. I can't find his name anywhere. Yeah, he was goofy. He, I did not like him, but Jack Nicholson... It's just because, yeah, like, you know, Jack Nicholson is such a strong... Even, like, physically, like, he has such a strong jawline, and this guy was, like, so eeny, like a weenie. <laughs> the Shining is probably one of my top five movies of all time. Interesting, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Why would I know Other that? than The Exorcist? That's two movies. Uh, Halloween? Okay. Do, do you want me to keep going? No. No. <laughs> How do you rank The Shining? The Shining? Yeah. It's great. It's, you know, one of the classics. I don't think it's any better than the Remember other. Room 237? That the was so bad. I don't remember because I was sleeping the whole fucking time. It was boring. And they were going off on, like, different, um, 
What you call it? Uh, well, it was about the actual room, not The Shining, really. I think I don't even fucking remember. I just all remember. Right. I think all of us were asleep in them because it was when we were at the the apartment. We were all asleep, and everybody's like, "That sucked." <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do Doctor Sleep. We'll watch some stuff on uh, Shutter. We got the Furies. We got uh, Detectives. That looked kind of bad. Looked mm-hmm. like a bad Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um. There was one other thing I showed you, since we don't have Creep Show anymore. What was it? Oh, we could watch Gwen. There'll be another episode by then, won't there? No. Oh, I thought we were going to watch the end. That was it? That was it. Oh, that was the end. That was the end of Creep Show. Oh, whoa. They did progressively get better. Yes. Actually, not the shampoo. Can't wait for season two. So, the end of the fucking world, we could talk. Yeah, we could probably get through that all in one day. Binge watch it. You just watch it on your own. I'll watch it during the week when I'm not... Crying in my phone about my basketball lineups losing. Don't roll your eyes at me. That's how we're getting to Disney World. No, it's not. <laughs> we already got our money in the jar. Uh, you can find us on social media. Do you ever want to talk about these or just have me do it? We have an Instagram. It's Final Cut Film Reviews. Instagram. Instagram.com slash Final Cut Film Reviews. And Twitter. Dot com slash final cut right <laughs> r-i-g-h-t twitter.com <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> and, um yeah obviously you're listening to our podcast but grubby every single time tells you that it's on apple podcast and stitcher and spotify you can find my social media you can find me personally on twitter just look for grubby don't find me Look, look for Midwest Majesty. So, that's not even what it is. It's that's not. literally never been my Twitter name. I thought that, oh, that's so your Instagram. So long, farewell, of Peter. Are you cutting us night. off? <laughs> is this from Mary Poppins? No, it's from The Sound of Music, you fucking turd. Oh. So long, farewell, of Peter. Say goodnight. Bye.